Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, the founder and budgeting expert at Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest, girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get clear about where you stand financially, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies, my five-step guide to organizing your finances at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Hi guys. So, oh my goodness, it's literally Christmas day and I'm recording a podcast. Um, It's so weird because I realized today as I was like just tidying up after cooking dinner um, that it's been 10 days. It's been 10 days, three years ago, 10 days ago, um, when I made the most profound decision ever, which was to become financially independent. And I just sort of thinking about it, I started to become very emotional, um, just looking back on the journey and seeing how far I've come and just remembering what life was like before when I was in a lot of financial difficulties to where I am now. And so I thought, well, I actually realized that um, I've recorded six episodes so far on this podcast and I haven't really shared my story with you guys. I mean, the trailer of this podcast kind of talks more about, you know, what you can expect to get from the podcast and a little bit about myself. But I don't think I've really shared with you guys on this platform about my story and how it all started. So I thought, well, you know, why not just hit record, which is literally what I've done. Um, I usually kind of have bullet points when I record my podcast, but for today's bonus episode, I've literally just hit play <laughs> and I'm going to just share my story with you guys. Um, so like I said, three years ago, um, on December 15th, 2017, I decided that enough was enough. And it got to the point where I was so fed up with my financial situation that I realized that if I didn't make the decision to change it then, that I would always be that way. And so to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, um, you know, I've been working since the age of 23. Um, I worked for TFL. I started off as a customer service assistant. And at that time, which was in 2007, um, it was like the first proper job that I had that paid a decent salary to what I was used to earning. So I was earning a good salary. I think I was earning like 25 grand. I had free travel. I had all these other benefits. And, you know, John and I just got married. We were two years in. John was working full time as well. And together we was earning about 50K. And I guess around about that time in 2007, we had struggled so much in our life And it was the year when things were starting to look good. You know, like you're earning a bit more money, you're able to pay your bills. And we got carried away. We literally spent the next 10 years just being carried away and living our best life, enjoying and not really planning for the future, not saving, um, just spending what we wanted and just basically just doing what it was that we wanted. And we justified that behavior by saying, 
we've struggled for so long. Now this is our opportunity to kind of live life and which is what we did. And so fast forward 2017, by that time I was um, now a manager, you know, earning a very good salary. I was now earning up to 54K um, as a single income. And then if you add that with John's income, so our household income was probably it was probably about 70 to 80K, you know, per year. But yet still we had no savings. We were in debt. Um, And then I decided that that was the best time to go part-time and to change careers. So I kind of got tired of doing the shift work. I really enjoyed my role as a manager. Absolutely loved it but I was just tired of the shift work. Um, I've been doing shift work for like over, you know, 10 years and I just needed the change. And there's so, so much opportunities within TFL that I decided to kind of branch off into project management. So, but before that, I wanted to become a social worker, right? So I'm kind of going to go, you know, back in history and then back in the future. So do bear with me because like I said, I haven't got any bullet points written down. I'm literally just speaking from the heart. So when I was 18, I um, wanted to be a social worker. And when I started uni, I did about a year and a half and then I dropped out because I was struggling with finances. I didn't know how to manage my finance. I was getting this lump sum student loan and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I would run out of money to even go to uni. I just didn't think I was ready. I felt like at that age, because I was, how old was I? I was 18. I felt that I was only getting to know myself and It was just too much of a responsibility to now be a qualified social worker at the age of 21 and then be kind of telling people how to run their lives. I just, I didn't feel ready. Um, But it was something that I always wanted to go back to what I thought I did anyway. So in 2017, I basically... um, decided to go part-time in my job at TFL as a manager and to go and study to become a social worker because I thought that was what I wanted to do. So I did the access course um, only to kind of discover that, okay, as much as I desire to help people, there's other ways that I can help people and it doesn't have to be me becoming a social worker. And I kind of realized as well, it was more me trying to prove to myself that I could have done it and prove to other people that I could have done it. Um, And then I realized that, no, I don't need to prove anything to myself and I don't need to prove anything to anybody. And so I decided to um, not continue with social work. But then I realized, you know, in making that decision to go part time at work, not planning it. So I didn't plan it. John also decided to change careers and become a qualified electrician. And so by both of us going part time at work to study, it meant that we slashed our income by 55%. So during this time, I didn't realize how bad our finances were. I just thought that it would be a matter of us sort of making cuts here and there and not spending as much. And I knew things might be a little bit difficult, but I didn't realize how bad things would be. And so that was my wake up call, literally going part-time at work and not planning it. And then realizing, oh my gosh, we are 800 pounds short. We haven't got money to pay our bills. We've got 20 grand worth of, of debt or so. Um, 
And that was my wake up call. But then it wasn't enough for me to take action. So although I knew that we were in a pretty bad state, I didn't really take any action as much. I was still struggling with, oh my gosh, I've gone back to do social work and now I'm literally going to give it up again. Esther, what is wrong with you? But then I just went on that journey and kind of decided that, no, I needed to do what was best for me and not what was good for everybody else. And so somebody from my small group, so small group is like a Bible study group from my church. Um, There was a video that was shared in this group and it was a video of a lady in America um, who had paid a hundred thousand, who had saved a hundred thousand K in like two years or so. And I was so inspired by her story. Um, her name is Bolo Sukumbi and from Clever Girl Finance, who I even now freelance for. Um, I was so inspired by her story that there, there was this black woman who, you know, decided to take action to improve her situation. And as a result of that, she was able to save a hundred K over a number of years. I was like, wow. So this thing is doable, right? And I went on her website and she had a program that she was doing at the time, which I signed up to. And the ironic side of it is that I had to pay to sign up to this program, right? I had to invest some money into it, but I was already 800 pounds short. So I had to kind of battle with myself. Esther, you already can't pay your bills. What makes you think that it's a good idea to now pay to learn how to manage your finance. And I realized that it was something that I had to do because I could either keep trying to figure it out on my own and take longer to get there, or I could learn from someone who has inspired me and who's already done the work to get to where they want to get to. And so I decided to sign up, even though I didn't have the money. And I'm telling you, it was the best decision ever. And I actually had to go back to my emails to find the exact date that I signed up. So I signed up to the program on December 15th, 2017, which is exactly um, about 10 days and three years ago. And I am telling you, I hope I don't cry. Um, I'm an August baby. You know what us August baby are like, but it's been the best decision that I have ever made in my life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that back for the world. I would literally go back and do that all over again. And so I signed up to this program. And I guess at that time, I made the decision that I was ready to be financially independent. And I was ready to improve my financial literacy. And I was ready to be better at managing my money. And so at that point, I was 800 pounds short every month. I decided that I didn't want to continue with the social work course. And instead, I decided that I was going to, um, you know, work for free for three months within projects to get experience. Um, So if a role was to come up within project management, then I would apply. At that point as well, I had £18,000 worth of debts and it was all consumer debts. So it was a car, it was um, historic payday loans that I just ignored and didn't want to pay. 
It was historic congestion charge payments that I ignored and didn't want to pay and that just kept going up um, in cost. It was store cards. It was just my American Express cards that I used to go on holiday. Um, And it was all consumer debt that I had. And so I guess the first goal was basically for me to understand everything I needed to know about my finances because I felt that I was out of touch and that I didn't really understand, you know, where I was and why I was. Like, how did I even get to where I was? What were the mistakes that I've made and what were the important things that I was ignoring? And so the first part of my journey was really getting to know me and my money and really understanding that. And I feel that people jump that process because emotionally it is a hard process to walk through because you have to come face to face with your demons. You have to come face to face with the bad choices that you've made and how you really are with money. I feel like people want to go straight into how do I save? How do I budget? How do I invest? How do I you know, trade and how do I do all these other things? And it's like, do you even know who you are with money? Do you know why you make the decisions that you do? Do you know why you have the mindset that you do about money? And so I spent pretty much, you know, the whole of December and the first part of the year really exploring that and getting to know who Esther was with her money and why Esther was with her money. And so That was the first thing. It was just committing to becoming financially independent and making the the decision to do that, committing to it, and then exploring and understanding who I was with money. And then after that, my goal was to get on a budget. So a part of me understanding who I was with money was managing my everyday finance. And the only way to do that is through a budget. So again, this is something that a lot of people skip. They want to save, they want to be debt-free, they want to invest, they want to achieve financial freedom. Well, it starts with the everyday money management and you can't skip that. There's no shortcut to it. You know, the reason why rich people are good with managing a lot is because for years, you know, they have developed a skill um, in managing everyday finances. And so after a while, it becomes second nature. It's not something that they have to think about. It's built in, in them and who they are and how they behave and how they think about money. And so for someone who isn't financially savvy or has been making poor money choices and decisions, throughout their lifetime, you can't just jump that process. You have to build that habit. And the way you build that habit is through your budget because your budget is where you see how you behave with money on a daily basis. And so I started budgeting. And then my next goal was to save a thousand pounds as an emergency fund because we didn't have an emergency fund at all. And all of that in me being able to do all, all of that, you know, like I said, I was working for, I was working part-time. So I was only earning 20,000. I was 800 pounds short every month. And I was working for free, getting project experience for three days in the week. And then after about three, four months, a full-time role came out as an assistant project manager, which would mean that my salary would double. Um, so I went from 20K to 40K. 
Um, and so when the job came out, I applied for it and I got the job. And that was how I was able to double my income because I realized that I couldn't achieve the goals that I wanted in my finances of becoming debt-free, of saving, becoming financially independent by just earning 20K. I needed to earn more money. And so once I realized that, that was my goal. It was basically just me understanding more about my finances and applying for jobs in order to double my income. And so because I was already budgeting and because I was already developing my financial literacy, when I doubled my income and I started earning 40K and John became a qualified electrician and he was now, you know, working full time, I knew exactly what I needed to do with my money. I knew exactly how I needed to budget because I was already budgeting. I knew how much I needed to pay towards each debt to be able to become debt free. I knew, you know, how much I needed to save in the first month to have my one, my, um, 1000k emergency fund. And so I'm saying that to say, even if you don't have the money right now that you want, um, in order to achieve your goals, you can still budget, right? Because the goal is developing the habit. Once you develop the habit, when that money comes rolling in, it's such an easy process because you already know what you need to do with it. So you go into autopilot. I feel that a lot of people wait until they have this like huge sum of money before they start developing good financial habits. It needs to happen the other way around, right? Because the hard part is maintaining the habit, is executing the habit. It's not the money, right? A lot of people earn good salaries. A lot of people making money isn't the issue. The issue is managing it. So this is why you always start with the behavior before you do with the actual numbers. And so once... I started working full time. John was working full time. Within two months, we were able to save £1,000 as an emergency fund. And um, if you want to know more about how we did this, I've actually written a blog um, on this that you can find on the website, how to save £1,000 in two months. Um, and then once we saved the £1,000, we then made sure that all of our bills were paid at that point, we had already cut down on non-essential expenses. So it, we were only focusing on paying our bills, um, saving money and putting money towards debt. And what also helped us is that we had a fixed spending money allowance, which I called fun pot. A lot of people skip this out as well because um, they just never have a fixed amount. But once you have a fixed amount, what it does is it allows you to look after yourself now to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy now, but not to the point where um, it derails the other goals that you have for your finances. And so we got on a budget, we saved our £1,000 emergency fund, we had a fixed amount for our um, spending money. And again, I have a blog on this. Um, why you need to have spending money and why you need to have a fixed um, allowance as your fun pot every month and how actually having that will help you to stick to your financial goals um, and it will help you to not get into more debt. And then we then proceeded to start paying off our debt. So I use the debt snowball. Um, again, there's information about this on the blog. 
um, about, you know, debt repayment or managing debt. It's basically where you, you pay the minimum on all of your debts and then you throw any extra money that you have towards the lowest amount. And then once you paid that off, you basically take the money that you were contributing to the lowest amount and move it onto the next. And it took us 22 months. Um, and 22 months, we became completely debt free. And we also managed to save an additional £6,000 during that period towards another goal that we had. And after we became debt free, um, our next goal was to save for up to six months emergency fund. Um, so we saved, once we paid off our debt, in 2019 October we then doubled down so all the money that we were using to pay off the debt we were now putting towards um, savings so from October to February we'd saved up to three months emergency fund and then the pandemic happened Um, and so what that meant for us was that um, we went down to one income so my husband is a qualified electrician and he's self-employed and when the first lockdown happened all the construction sites were basically shut down um so he wasn't able to work for three months and i'm telling you as bad as the situation was it was the best time of my life because we were prepared for that moment um and i know that that wouldn't have been possible if i didn't have made the decision that I did, you know, on December 15, 2017 of deciding to become financially independent. And for me, when the pandemic happened and we were down to one income, that was a reminder of my why for financial independence. It's because in life, things are going to happen that I have no control over, right? That I can't necessarily predict, but what I can do is plan, you know? And so because we were committed to becoming debt-free and saving money, it meant that when we went down to one income, we were still able to pay our bills. You know, we didn't have to take on a credit card. We didn't have to miss any payments. You know, we were still able to pay our bills. And for me, one of the most amazing things that I'm so grateful for is that I was still able to pay my cleaner for three months, even though she wasn't coming. You know, that was a gift that I was able to give. And that's the sort of thing that I want to do. For me, that's what financial freedom and financial independence means is that I am able to give from a place of abundance, right? Not from a place of lack. Whereas before I probably would have done it and felt guilty and felt bad and still not being able to pay my bills. But this time round, my bills were sorted. I was still able to provide income from somebody else at such a difficult time. And so, yeah, just us being able to use our emergency fund to get us through that period. Obviously, like my heart was pounding every month just because this is the thing. Once you start saving, you kind of don't want to touch the money. But I had to remind myself, Esther, this is what you're saving for it's so that you can use the money for things like this and even though we were using our savings I was still very diligent about it so I didn't go crazy um we we weren't like just buying stuff um our food budget definitely went up because we were both home and we were determined to eat healthy you know during the lockdown but I wasn't like 
I was very tempted actually to renovate the house. So I wanted to do the garden. I wanted to, you know, fit a new bathroom. And John was like in my ear saying, no, Esther, wait till I get back to work. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to go on for. We don't know how long I'll be out of work. So let's just wait. And so I had to listen to that. But you know, when you're home and you're bored and you're like, ah, you know, you're seeing this money, you just kind of want to spend it. But I'm really glad that I held back. And thankfully, you know, after the first lockdown, John was able to go back to work and we're now back on to income. And so since, um, since March and now I've been sort of working, well, we've been working towards buying our home and I will have a separate podcast on that. But again, just part of my story is being in a position now where I'm finally able to buy my property. So I live in a council flat. It's a one bedroom flat and I've lived here for over 17 years. Right. And I've just always been scared to buy it because I've never been good with my money. And so I always had this kind of picture in my head that I'll get evicted and the the bank will take the house because I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage, you know, and it was because I wasn't good with money and I didn't want to have that responsibility over my head. But since I've been working on myself and improving my finances, you know, and I've also, I've never wanted to have a mortgage with other debts, right? It's, it's been a thing. So even when I wasn't financially savvy, I always had this thing where, once I buy my house, I just want that to be the only debt that I have. And so I'm glad that I was able to work towards that because now I do have a lot of peace of mind about buying the home, knowing that it's the only debt that I'll have. Um, it does kind of make me feel, you know, good. And I'm the kind of person that would want to pay off her mortgage as soon as possible. You know, um, and I know it's like, you know, it applies differently to different people. Um, for now, I know I'm going to be living in this house. So I'd want to pay off as much as I can with it. In the future, it will probably become an investment property. But for now, I just want, I don't want to give, you know, a whole heap of interest to the banks. <laughs> you know, I don't want to take 30 years to pay off my mortgage. I could pay it off in 15. I could pay it off in 10 if I put my mind to it and, and keep more of that money for myself and invest the difference instead of giving it to the bank. So this is kind of where I'm at at the moment with my journey. Um, and I really just felt to kind of share this with you guys on Christmas day. And I hope that you know, sharing the background of the story, um, kind of give you, gives you guys an understanding on, you know, the origin of boss of my money and where it comes from. And I guess I started blogging because I realized that, um, in the, in the UK, we don't have a lot of resources when it comes to personal finance. You know, in America, it very much is a thing. And they've been, you know, on this kind of journey for a while now. But whereas I feel in the UK, we're kind of just starting to think about finances as we do about health and as we do about personal development and as we do about relationships. And so I wanted to kind of fill that gap here and use my story and my journey to inspire other women, 
you know, there are still a lot of people who are ashamed to talk about their money problems or to share their financial situation. And that is really a taboo that I want to, um, I want to get rid of. I want the same way that we're so open to talk about mental health is the same way that I would love for people to be open about challenges that they face in their personal finance. And so, you know, I could have waited till I became a millionaire to share my story, but I really wanted um, people to see what the journey is like and to go on that journey with you. Um, Cause it can be lonely. It can be, you know, and an, a very isolating place to be. Um, when I start started my personal finance journey, um, I, I was the only one that was doing it at the time around my circle of influence. And now I'm glad to say that I have more of my friends that we talk about budgeting. We talk about saving money. You know, one of my friends is actually creating a, um, a budget template, you know, and I love that. She has a very unique style of budgeting and she's sharing that with the world. And I just love that. I have friends that, you know, not only want to improve their own financial situation, but they also want to help other people. Um, and so that's why I started Boss of My Money. That's why I started blogging. And obviously when I started blogging, I was being asked questions, you know, Esther, how did you pay off your debt? How, how do you save? How do you budget? And so when it comes to personal finance, budgeting is my thing. I do talk about saving, paying off debt, you know, and investing, but I truly believe that budgeting is the key to financial success. And I feel that if people paid more attention to their budget, every other thing that they want in their finances is doable. Um, so then I went on to create a budgeting masterclass, which I run now. And it's basically where I, you know, talk, um, people through budgeting, what it is, why it's important, how it will help them. And I show them how to budget in a stress-free way, you know, using a two-page budgeting template that I have used to become debt-free, save money and start investing. Um, and so, yeah, like I've been doing the budgeting masterclasses for over a year now, I would say properly. And I used to do them face to face. I basically used to do it in my house and people would like book a session and come, come over. And since the pandemic, I've had to pivot and do it online, which I'm absolutely loving because I've been able to help, you know, women from Trinidad and Montserrat and America, Canada, Australia, in America, like all over the world. And I absolutely love that blessing that you know, this whole pandemic has kind of given me, it's allowed me to help more women, um, which is, which is my goal. And so, yeah, I'm not sure how to kind of end this podcast now, because I feel like I've talked a lot about my story, but um, I guess I want to leave this with you, right? I want to leave you with, um, you know, what being boss of my money means to me right and i want to i want you to end this podcast with thinking about what being boss of your money means to you right so for me being the boss of my money um first and foremost is about my values being reflected so for years 
I realized that I had like a set of values, but it never mirrored in my finances. Who the Esther that I was at work with people at church in my marriage was not the Esther that I wanted to be in the way that I dealt with money. And so it was important to me that I aligned my money behavior with the person that I wanted to be and who I knew I was, which you know, like paying my bills on time and not owing anybody money, not having someone write to me five times in the same month telling me, you need to pay this. Otherwise we're going to send the bailiffs and we've added an extra hundred pound because you're refusing to pay this money. Um, and just throwing money away in interest rate because I was buying things that I couldn't afford because I didn't have the money. And not only did I not have the money, but I was then being penalized for not having the money by paying extra on top every month. Um, and most importantly, like I never wanted John and I to bring kids into this mix. Like I was ashamed of that. I was ashamed that we didn't have savings. We were earning good money. We didn't have savings. We were earning good money and it still wasn't enough. I did not want to bring my children into that. You know, I know from just studying psychology that, you know, kids learn more from what they see, not from what you tell them, right? And so if you're a parent and you love lecturing their kid, your kids, like, forget it. Just demonstrate that behavior. Um, you be the example of what you're trying to teach them and they will learn, you know, so much better. And so I really did not want to bring children in that particular situation because I felt that it wasn't fair to them. Um, and I felt that it was time for me to grow up. So for me, that was what being boss of my money, that is what being boss of my money means for me. It's about me living my true values. It's about me being content. It's about me not owing anybody any money. And it's about me and my future and the person that I want to see my children see me be as opposed to me telling them that I am. Um, so I hope that my story will give you some motivation that you need to take control of your personal finance, especially as we come towards the end of the year. If you have not made that decision yet to become financially independent, to um, achieve financial success as it means to you, right? Because we all have our own definition of what financial success is. I've just given some of mine and there are more. So if you are in that place where you've decided that enough is enough and I really want to improve my finances, I want to become smarter with my money, I want to get out of debt, I want to have savings, I want to start investing then I would say that this is the best time for you to do that. And I am literally inviting you and saying, yes, you know, take the next step forward um, and make that happen because it can happen. And all it needs is just you making the decision that this is what you want to do and believing that you have what it takes to achieve it, right? And, you know, being able to, develop your financial literacy, you know, being around a supportive community um, and literally the rest will be history. And so 
I'm going to end it here, but I would love for you to check out my next episode because I actually have something amazing that I have been working on that I want to um, invite you in. You know, if you're ready to take that next step in your personal finance and if you're ready to really master your budget and to, yeah, just to live the life that you truly deserve and the life that you know um, that you want to live. You know, for me, that's what it's all about. You know, why live a life where it's not the life that you want to live? You know, every day now, I just say to myself, okay, when I think about, oh, I'd love to do this, I'm like, okay, then why not? Why can't you do it? Why are you not doing it? Um, so if it's your desire to be financially independent, then that's what you need to go and do, become financially independent. If it's your desire to become debt-free, then become debt-free. If you want to save money, then save money. Like it truly is possible. Um, So yeah, make sure you check out the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listen to me ramble. I don't even know how long this episode is going to be. And I'm literally not even going to edit it, literally. So I hope that the sound quality is great, um, but I'm literally just going to publish it as it is um, because I just want you guys to kind of really hear the place that it's coming from. And this is a spontaneous episode, so I'm just going to give it to you as it is. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. And like I always say, you know, there's a million other podcasts that you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to to me and I truly appreciate that. And I hope that I'm able to continue to give you um, value and to help you make the progress that you want to make in your personal finance and achieve your financial goals. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. And if you'd like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Then do send your questions to esther at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took time to also rate and review this podcast. Stop by at bossofmymoney.co.uk for more details on how you can get started on your financial success journey. See you again on the next episode.